Welcome to the Televerse, the podcast just for TV. Because it's great, we're lucky they make so many fine programs to see. Your also and Kate like to debate the merits of all that they've seen. Comedy, genre, reality, drama, and anything that's in between. Welcome to the Televerse, less of the show. Hello and welcome to the Televerse. This is Kate Kalsik, joined as ever by Noel Kirkpatrick. Noel, how's it going this week? Ah, uh, it's okay. Stacey Abrams is no longer sort of... She just didn't concede, but she's not pursuing anything anymore as they realize that the vote count isn't going to push them over to a runoff, which is wasn't going to help them anyway. Just being a Georgia native, it wasn't going to help. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they're just like, yeah, we're, we're not conceding because this was a bullshit election because of various things. Yeah. But... We are acknowledging he's going to get the job. Yes, basically. So I'm a little bummed about that. How are you How are you this week? Well, I was excited about Indictment Friday because of rumblings and Wall Street Journal reports, but nothing has come to fruition yet. So Bob, Bob Mueller works at his own pace. Yeah, well, depending, depending on who his boss is. But we'll see. Hopefully next week there will be things to be excited about. Um, and that front, but mostly it's just been, it's been a, like a lull, a lull before the storm. Um, I've been still doing more construction <laughs> all week. I was oh, putting no. down cement board, um, earlier this week. And, uh, as we speak, my family is putting down tile and get, like cutting ceramic tile and everything. So, uh, I'm just so very sad, so very sad to be missing out on that. Um, but <laughs> other than that, like next week is Thanksgiving, I'm not ready for it to be Thanksgiving. And then it's Thanksgiving quickly followed by Christmas baking. And then my students have their December recital. And then I have out-of-town gigs. And then it's Christmas. Um, so <laughs> the year is going to go quick. Yeah, that is going to go fast. Whereas I'm just going to stay home and try to figure out what my lists look like for this year. Yeah, no, don't. You don't need to remind me because I have also been pondering that. And actually, you know, I was watching Outlander this week and the episode... Um, centered very strongly on uh, dealing with aunt, uh, Jamie's aunt who has a plantation and, and owns slaves. And it was, a, I think, a pretty, pretty strong episode. They certainly did better with uh, depictions of slavery and not centering the slavery story on, but how do the white people feel as much yeah. as they did the last time they did a slavery episode. Um, but it just reminded me of Underground and how terrific underground was and how none of you watched underground and then wgn just changed their entire format and it's everyone else's fault but ours (laughs) well and and there's the new there's a new harriet tubman movie where it was cynthia erivo i think Mm -hmm. erivo um playing harriet tubman and it's gonna come out pretty soon and everybody's gonna be like it's such an amazing it's the best harriet tubman ever and i'm gonna be like aisha hines was robbed of her emmy um anyway so i've been thinking because of that i've been thinking about what are the moments of tv this year that are going to stick in my mind the way that you know certain moments from and certain visuals from undergrad like man just under like that shot right from under under the water reaching up in in season Mm -hmm. two and the flag from season one and that episode with the all with the kids uh, there's there's a lot of really amazing TV from this year, uh, but there's only a handful that I think are going to stick with me the way that the best moments of Underground stuck with me. Um, so go watch Underground if you guys didn't. Go find it. I think it's somewhere, right? 
I want you can to probably buy you can probably buy it on Amazon um, digital, but um, and iTunes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't I'll think do it's streaming anywhere though. So yeah, yeah. Which is a shame. Um, this week there was uh, quite a bit of TV news. Uh, we're going to start our news though not with TV but with pop culture related. Uh, a pop culture related thing because it felt wrong to not acknowledge the passing of Stan Lee. Um, such a such a pop culture juggernaut and uh, one of many figures in comics that really transformed what that industry looks like and you know directly inspired so many people that now run all of entertainment. <laughs> um, and you know, in, in a week when Agents of Shield got renewed for a seventh season before season six even aired, <laughs> you know, the the clear and present legacy of of Stanley is just all around us uh, as you look at pop culture and not just in comics but but everywhere. So um tip of the hat to Stanley. And yes, your phase are problematic. Don't get me wrong. Like I've got my issues with Stanley, but you know, let's acknowledge the passing of someone who really changed the industry. Um, and then also, which is because it's my favorite movie, William Golden passed away this, 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 uh, this, I think today, but certainly this week as you guys are listening to it. And of course, he wrote The Princess Bride, which is a terrific book as well, by the way. Go mm-hmm. seek out the book, everyone. But the same guy wrote The Princess Bride and wrote uh, the, 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 um, All the President's Men. All the President's Men. Thank you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's just amazing. Uh, just what a wonderful writer. And uh, yeah, everyone go watch The Princess Bride too. And also Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. And yeah. also and, All the President's Men. Well, he's and, a giant. Like he, all yeah. these wonderful things that he wrote. And apparently his mm-hmm. book books on screenwriting are also amazing. They are. They're really good. Yeah, They're, they're like really literally the actually... texts. <laughs> yeah, they are for a lot of people. And they're really good. Um, so yeah, it was a big loss for both. Uh, these though with lee i'm also just sort of glad since his estate the battle over his mm-hmm. estate was already bad before this and now it's just going to be really really bad yeah yeah well i mean you know you can't really complain that we got 95 years of stan lee just excelsioring and making all of our lives wonderful so thank you for that and and you know again so much wonderful uh art to to appreciate from from goldman as well so uh yeah Pour one out for those guys, and we will appreciate their work for a long time. Um, different kind of change happening over at ABC. Channing Dungey is out, uh, which it'll be interesting to see what that means for ABC. Uh, though people, TV fans will, like those who aren't really into the network, like behind the scenes stuff, may only have really heard of her when she fired Roseanne, um, like almost yeah. immediately. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if this has anything to, you know, to do with that or if it's unrelated. I don't know enough to know, but Carrie Burke is going to be taking over and she, uh, was the head of originals of Freeform before this. So, you know, there's some interesting stuff at Freeform. So we'll see what happens. Do you have any thoughts on this? I think a lot of this is mostly the result of the, uh, Walt Disney acquiring 20th Century Fox. Mm-hmm. And a lot of debt share shuffling uh, happening here. Um, and in part, just probably uh, Dungy's. I think Dungy's done a fairly good job of kind of keeping ABC afloat in terms of, like, at least in terms of quality content. But I also think that they 
ABC sort of entered a holding pattern where they were going to bring over a number of folks from 20th Century Fox to start running things. And I think that's what's happening here. And so while Burke's going to head up ABC, they're still going to have probably whomever they're reporting to probably also had some input in to, to say who they were going to have as subordinates. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was also factoring into some stuff. Yeah, yeah, we will be, I would imagine, hearing more about this at our next round of TCAs um, Mm -hmm. and other visions for ABC and and Fox and all of them moving forward. So more on this as the stories develop. Um, But we definitely also want to include just a quick nod to uh, different kinds of television and judge a judge, a Trump appointed judge. Uh, promoted judge at least saying no shut up you have to you let the CNN cover the president you can't keep Jim Acosta out of the White House bye bye um, so Acosta has been recredentialed and the White House is looking at different ways to different rules they can come up with for the reporters so that they can come up with more reasons to exclude people when they want to. So we'll see what happens with that. But yay, one for victory, one for justice today. So that's good. Any thoughts? I'm mostly just impressed that this happened so quickly, but I'm glad it happened so quickly. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking forward to what ridiculous rules they come up with to keep um CNN basically in check. Keep people who will actually ask them questions in check. Yeah. Um, I did think it was rather smart of Fox News to get behind CNN and pretty quickly in their lawsuit uh, this week because the what one likes to think that the it was pretty clear that that's how this is how the judging was going to go. So be on the right side of that, um, though. We don't take that for granted anymore. At least I don't. <laughs> no, no, and also it's just. I think it's also a sign of like, yeah, no, we, at some point, Trump's going to get really angry at Shepard Smith. So, I mean, we might as well just Just, cover ourselves now. (laughs) Yep, exactly, exactly. Uh, So, yeah, again, as with the ABC thing, more on this as the story develops. I'm sad to say I expect it to develop. Uh, We have a little bit of listener feedback that was actually from last week, but we got it like right after we recorded. And this was from Brandy. And of course, we had like just finished recording when we got your your tweet, Brandy. And then I immediately felt like a f***ing idiot. Um, because Brandy reached out about Legends of Tomorrow and the what they've done with um, Charlie and having Constantine take away her her based on the the gender usage in that episode. Um, though, does Charlie do pro- pronouns or just the other people about Charlie? Just the other people about Charlie. I was sort of like I was about like sixty percent paying attention for it, and mm-hmm. I don't think Charlie ever like. used a pronoun yeah because everybody else used she um but anyways the 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 the, what brandy was asking about is if we were going to talk about you know what how disturbing a violation it is for constantine to decide what charlie looks like and um and how how viscerally deeply upsetting that is what a violation that is and i was so busy being like good job dealing with your structural issue of wanting to keep an actor but not a character legends that i didn't think about oh yes this character is a person who's just had a core element of their identity ripped from them like like it's like a lobotomy or like a, like a like a rape or assault like this is a really personal violent thing that's been done to them that can't be undone and 
so far, it looks like the show is not interested in addressing that or having doesn't want us to think about it in that way. Now, that may change before the end of the season, but I hadn't considered it, and I apologize because I should have. Yeah, and I acknowledge that with Brandy is that we should have talked about it, and we had that pronoun discussion as well, um, but that doesn't cover up for the fact of um, whatchamacallit, that we didn't discuss like the wider ramifications of it. And the show, like you said, doesn't discuss it this week and doesn't deal with it in any way, shape or form. It just has Charlie coming around to the idea of like, okay, I'll help sort of maybe because I've had sort of a heart to heart with Mick. Um, and that's what we're going to do. And it's just like, maybe talk about this a bit more. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's way too friendly uh, way too easy, way too quickly. And mm-hmm. I think everything with, like, if it had been an accident that the shapeshifter, like, abilities were were, were taken from Charlie or from them, I'm just going to keep with them until Charlie uses a pronoun for themselves, uh, then that would be one thing. But that's not what this was. Like, can you imagine if someone, you know, blinded you or or took away or deafened you or took away one of your, like, base level abilities to to express or communicate with the world? And then the next day you're like, well, just don't put me in a cage and we're great. I mean, I it's it's ridiculous. And the rest of the episode, I actually really like this week's episode of Legends. We're not going to talk about it this week on the podcast. But the rest of it was so lovely. But that, they are really under underplaying that. They are. They are. And it's frustrating because they want to, like, like we talked about, they want to maintain the actor without necessarily doing a lot of the other bit of work that's sort of necessary. Which is weird for the show, I feel like, to not grapple with that in any way. But... Hopefully it's coming down the pipeline at some point, maybe, fingers crossed, knock on wood, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sort of like the best statement I can make right now. Yeah. So we will, again, for a third time, more on this as the story hopefully <laughs> develops and they don't just, you know, pay no attention over there and move right along. Um, but yeah, so thank you, Brandy. Thank you for, for giving me that context because I hadn't, I just didn't even think about the character of Charlie as like a person with who's experiencing their world. I just thought of them as a construct to keep an actor around. And well, to be fair, the show's in the same boat as you are. So, but that's not good. (laughs) No, it's not not good. good. (laughs) Okay. Well, we have plenty of TV to talk about this week. At the end of the show, we're talking uh, about great British baking show, uh, great British bake off season nine. We're going to dive in collection six. Yeah, what, what, the however... most recent season. Y'all know what we're talking about. It's on Netflix. We all binged it last weekend. We're going to talk about that at the end of the show. Uh, but for now, we're going to head to our weekend TV, and we're going to be taken there by a little uh, blackish nothing compares to you. So uh, everyone enjoy the blackish cast in their 100th episode, uh, singing Prince via Sinead O'Connor or Sinead O'Connor via Prince, whatever, doesn't matter. And we'll be right back with our weekend TV. I can see whomever I choose. Ah! Pops. Hey, Pops. I can eat my dinner in a fancy restaurant. It was good. That was good. There's nothing. Hey, guys. Can take away these blues. Cause now. 
some of this. Come on. I'll hit it with that. In the this week in comedy, we're going to talk about Fresh Off the Boat, Mo Chinese, Mo Problems. We're going to talk about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, I'm So Happy For You. We're going to talk about Bob's Burgers, I Bob Your Pardon, and we'll round things out with The Good Place. Don't let the good life pass you by. So first up is Fresh Off the Boat, and I thought this was a delightful episode. This is the, <gasps> there are other Chinese people in our town now. And so they brought in guest stars Ming-Na Wen, Reggie Lee, and Jimmy O. Yang, uh, and it was just a delightful episode that had some really nice uh very pointed and very fun uh touchstones throughout i thought it was i thought it was well done what did you think i really enjoyed it as well i didn't really know the healing power of having constance Wu and ming na in the same scene together until i watched this episode and immediately felt <laughs> much better than i was prior to that point in my life so it was really fun but i also really appreciated that it gave all of them something to sort of play off of in terms of both their own sort of driven success for sons type of thing in Jessica's case, but also in just a, I would like to have friends in Lewis's case mm-hmm. and how those anxieties get played across things. So I really, really liked the episode. I thought it was really funny and I liked the sort of dichotomy, especially between Jessica's um, Jessica and oh, I cannot remember the name of Ming-Na's character. Um, and like concepts of success and how that works mm-hmm. and how that plays, plays a role. So I really enjoyed that. Um, I just could, didn't need the census subplot at all, but the rest <laughs> of it was very good. I, you know, I enjoyed the census subplot if only for how straight up teen it was. I liked mm-hmm. uh, Emery being kind of like uh, team, uh, Eddie for this episode <laughs> like it just felt like seeing them just kind of lazing around on the pool there's like yeah that feels right that feels right for both of these characters and uh, it was it was nice to see uh, especially after talking last week about the how you're, they're using Evan versus how they're using Emery versus how they're using Eddie I thought this was a nice sh- maybe change up of a shift up of the dynamic and I liked getting more Emery and Eddie time um, and just how quickly Emery can be laid as, led astray uh, by being a teenager and Eddie's bad influence uh, was delightful. Uh, so it, it's more of the same thing from Evan, but I like what it was for Emery, so I'm going to give it to them. I also really liked the the various um, the, the sausage versus chili versus all of that it was super fun. And yeah, I've enjoy, I enjoyed Reggie Lee. I thought it was like very much a uh, – a, like a scene stealer and really terrific over on Grimm, um, like t- taking like the comedic foil and giving him way more gravitas than uh, necessary and really like rounding out that show um, mm-hmm. with with his character. And so it was fun to see him pop up here as well. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, it, it was fun. <laughs> it, it was a fun episode. And, and I'm, I'm hoping that these characters stay around for a while, at least on a recurring basis. Yeah, that would be nice if they could. I mean, I think the flexibility of S.H.I.E.L.D. now sort of allows that to happen a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. So, so hopefully. We'll see. we'll see. Next up is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and I'm so happy for you. We haven't been talking about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend very much, so I wanted to, to check in here. We're on episode five. And uh, this was a big one with, you know, Valencia and Heather moving away and into at least, like for Valencia especially, maybe recurring status? Maybe she'll like call on the phone a bit. Um, but Heather will be around much less and Valencia will be pretty much gone. 
And uh, so that, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens for that. So it seemed like a good time to check in. What did you, what did you think of this episode? I thought it was okay. Um, I'm sad about like the reduction in both of those characters um, as I really enjoy Heather and Valencia's uh, takes on things. And, but generally I thought the episode was, it was just kind of fine. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the stuff with, uh, Rebecca sort of like wanting to be much younger than she was and tossing out cool slang and, (laughs) I uh, think Fizzy fizzy, actually does work though. Fizzy. I both, Um, I like Fizzy and I also like Shway. So I gotta say like so far my TV shows are two for two (laughs) of like, inventing young people terms that i think actually do kind of work the other one that like the negative shui one that they came up with doesn't work so so good on flash but but i did, did like uh i i did like shui and i did like fizzy i i could buy it i'm glad whereas i just went this is trying really hard to be funny and it's not so like the end result of having everyone at the party and i was just like i've seen this a gazillion times and it didn't really feel particularly fresh so i was a little frustrated by mm-hmm. it even if it's executed well it's just not executed in a way that i feel like this show in particular can do so that was that was my big hang up with it i also really enjoyed the i guess that's the a plot because it's about yeah. Rebecca, but it doesn't feel like yeah. it. Because no. I'm way more invested in the B and C plots. Uh, you pick which one is which. Um, of of Paula and her son, and that lovely song that we get from her. Um, and and then Daryl and and White Josh. And oh, Daryl and White Josh. I loved that. Was, that, 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 was, song. that was the true A plot this week. <laughs> and and do you know we ship it hard? We're we are those people. The high yes. has decided you're in love. Um, yeah. So I thought that was delightful. And I also I like that it was Daryl that throws the water and gets and like yes. they're right. This is weird. <laughs> um, and then at the end when we see. Um, like that, that Daryl might be like have a moment of being taken aback, but um, they don't. That's not the beat for when he meets, you know, Josh's new boyfriend or new like I don't know if they're labeled yet, but texting you know, buddy, te- yeah, lo- a potential love interest, um, and that they're immediately cool and 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 good. Like I I really appreciated that and showing like healthy. Uh, friendship post breakup. I thought that was mm-hmm. terrific, and so I really enjoyed both of those, and I really liked both of the songs. And in both cases, they felt organic to what was happening in a way that some of the other ones haven't. Like it felt like a natural escalation of what the characters are already experiencing in the way that musicals function. Um, Allison Shoemaker, friend of the show, Allison Shoemaker over at the AV Club was writing about that in her review this week. That you know the idea in a musical is that you get to a certain part and and words don't work anymore you need music and especially for the paula storyline i thought that that worked really well it does work really well and the song is really good the moment of this is the only way i can express myself is really beautiful just technically it's a disaster kate the adr and the looping was so bad and it didn't sync up with the performance at all and i was very frustrated and very taken out of it by that mm-hmm. fair <laughs> enough it was really, really frustrating to watch it because the show typically does that kind of thing really well, but it didn't do it well for this song at all. And I was very, very put out by it because it was just like aggressively noticeable for me. 
Um, whereas I liked how they incorporated the Oklahoma themed sort of number mm-hmm. for the mob of like, yeah, no, we've decided. <laughs> and <laughs> just lovely dance number, by the way. I, I yeah, needed no. more Valencia and Josh. Yeah, no. And we always need more of the, both of them dancing. <laughs> but then we run into that risk of everyone else not looking as good. <laughs> Which I'm okay with. I also was yeah. very okay with Paula's dance partner. Yeah, I was too. Um, and I like that Nathaniel just showed up for no reason, just that I wanted to be in the number. <laughs> <laughs> Which does really feel like how they're kind of using him right now, because it's mm-hmm. clearly another case of, we like this actor, we want him to still be around, so we're going to do that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see what happens, but I- I'm very nervous for Rebecca, because you know while I'm encouraged by the increased presence of of Michael Hyatt as as her therapist, Dr. Copian. Um, but we know that Greg is coming back. Um, yes. And I am worried about Rebecca with new Greg at some point showing up now that her, her like, support system has been weakened. Um, yes. We'll see. Hopefully it goes well and is positive. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but for now let's move on to bob's burgers and bobby driver which if if people could see my uh my my bed i'm recording here in my lovely studio which is my bedroom uh there's a quilt a handmade quilt (laughs) on my bed uh and my many of my extended family members make quilts so you better believe i was all about bobby driver which is about bob driving around was it's edith right yeah to 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 get revenge on her quilting circle just and her just being terrible and all the yarn jokes and everything like i very much enjoyed this episode this was my favorite bob's burgers of the season so far oh well that's really good i'm really glad to hear that i thought this was fine um (laughs) yeah i i enjoyed the bits of the realization that the medicine was in fact just fart pills um (laughs) even though again it's sort of something that feels like it's coming from a mile away but it's generally i thought really well executed in part because of just the vocal performance from the person who voices edith is really really good Mm -hmm. and the animation also really helped in that regard as well so i enjoyed that and so it was a fun episode and i liked the concept of it and it also took me just way too long kate just way too long to make the baby driver to bobby driver connection (laughs) that it just it took me half the episode to get there kate and i think that says more about the fact that i just didn't like baby driver very much i didn't actually Uh, see baby driver so you're one up on me yeah well you you don't need to um it's fine it's not as good as sorry no um so it just (laughs) took me a little while to get there um i think my favorite thing about this entire episode though was um the um the patrick swayze keanu reeves um Mm -hmm. stitching um and that pun there yeah and that it's a part of a series it was just like oh mr frond Mm -hmm. oh mr frond i love you so much indeed um so that i think was probably the highlight for me because i just appreciated that um and i have so many questions about what the rest of that series looks like Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I was very. I'm, I'm hoping that they will pop up again because the what what like the I was very tempted by the like the descriptions we were getting. So I, mm-hmm. I Bob's Burgers is the kind of show to bring that back at some point. So hopefully they will. Yeah, yeah, yeah I th- that'd be fun. I like the idea of like a Revenge of the Quilters. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that. But no, I just meant like in the background in in, oh. in the office or something. I could see. Oh, just- that would also be really good, and they yeah. should do that. 
They should do that. I know you're listening. We know you listen, Bob's Burgers uh, creative team. Uh, so make it happen. Over on The Good Place, we had Don't Let the Good Life Pass You By. And uh, I know I hyped this one up quite a bit, Noel, but... You it? did. What did you think? Did it live up to the hype or did I overhype it? I don't think you overhyped it at all, um, in part because the episode's just so really well executed um, on a number of levels. Like Michael McKean coming in to play uh, What's-His-Name, who came like 98% closest to being right. I thought it was really, really good. And uh, just a really delicate performance from Michael McKean as well that I really, really appreciated. Um, and so that was great. But then, I mean, how much fun did Darcy Carden have that week of filming, Kate? <laughs> just, they didn't use a stunt double except for like a couple of like couple of overhead shots. Otherwise, it was just all Darcy Carden beating up on people. <laughs> and it it's just like, delightful. this is very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, 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 this episode was much more energized. That's why, yeah. I, you know, I put in my notes, I, you know, when I first saw this, we're back. Okay, this feels like that season one, season two energy that hasn't always been there this season. Is Even though we've been favorable on the season and really like the last few. Uh, yeah, I, first of all, I mentioned it last week, but that lost opening here was just... Oh, yes, delightful. thank you. I Down looked at my person... <laughs> I looked at my person and I went, this is just a big lost homage to Desmond. She just went, wait, what? Is it? And I just went, yes, it is. It absolutely <laughs> is. That, yes, it is. And it was delightful. Um, I thought the reveal that they were going to go see Dan Forsyth was like, I would have never thought that. <laughs> it was it's like, oh, that's wonderful. And this being who McKeon was playing, because uh, I when I saw, like, it was clear they were hiding who he was. And then when he popped up, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I remember he was going to do the show. Oh, that's great. It was just it was just delightful and, and super fun. Uh, I did have a big old question that the show didn't address, though, because he is doing everything not because he should but because he knows the system. Now, granted, he doesn't know the system. He thinks he knows the system, so that... Right. But aren't all his points invalid? That is exactly the same point that uh, my person brought up while we were brushing our teeth after we watched the episode, (laughs) was, wait, no, he'd have to go to the bad place because... He's doing it for the wrong reasons, just like Tani was doing it for the wrong reasons. So you can't have both. But that's alluded to when Sean's just like, oh, no, he's going to the bad place. Mm-hmm. Um, which leads to like that larger discussion that Michael's getting like on about of like, oh, I think there's something wrong with the accounting process. Yeah. And which leads to like a larger question of even if there is actually a good place or everyone just ends up getting tortured forever. Yeah. Or, or that they've just gamed the system so entirely yeah. that it is impossible. Now, I they think Jerry, the bad places, Jerry man, the Jerry man, the point system. Honestly, I do think that's kind of where we're headed, um, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so, so we'll see <laughs> with, with the next episode. But uh, yeah, that having that little twist at the end, just along with you know, they got the Ferrari out of the garage, um, and so we got a lot of fun stuff with the demons, and we got that little moment with Chidi and Eleanor uh, where she shares you know, what Michael told her about the, what, that one reboot where they were in love. Um, but but having that just instantly like, okay, and you're dying now. We're going back to the afterlife, and we have to figure this out. Like, that was delightful. I really um, like, that was the, the twist and spark and energy that uh, and sense of adventure 
I guess, that that I've been lacking in the last few. So I'm really excited to see what comes next. I am too. So I'm my fingers are crossed. And I think you're right that we're sort of back on track. But I'm also excited about them going back and just being back and being in Janet's void. Mm-hmm. And just the sheer possibilities of what that means. Yeah. Or if they just scale down and just have them in front of basically a white room and do like some sort of very weird esoteric sort of, no, we're just going to save money this week. <laughs> <laughs> Which I wouldn't be surprised if they do. Yeah. Um, but I also wouldn't expect anything but a entertaining, fun twist on that from these writers. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, absolutely. Even, like, even if I hear that, heard from somebody who'd seen a screener that that's what they do this week, I would still be very excited about what the writer's going to come up with. Um, so, yeah, very, very happy with this episode of The Good Place. Anything else from this episode that you want to uh, touch base on? <sighs> that teenager was really mean. <laughs> he was really mean. Yeah, he was really mean. Yeah. Also, I have questions about how, how he does laundry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why you'd want those clothes, kid. Yeah, why would you? Yeah, yeah. But they looked perfectly pressed. They did. <laughs> so I had so many questions about his laundry service. <laughs> oh, that's fun. That's fun. Well, what wins your week in comedy? Um, I would normally give it to The Good Place, um, but I'm going to give it to Mom this week for uh, Jello Shots and the Truth About Santa. Um, Christy's daughter, who hasn't been on the show for like a season and a half to two seasons at this mm-hmm. point, um, started a podcast about how terrible Christy was as a mother in terms of attempting to work through everything that she went through as a child, basically. Um, and it's a really, really good, really, really powerful episode in which Christy tries to have her voice heard and eventually does get to allow to have her side of things told, including the fact that she's not that person anymore, that she's changed. And wants to like reestablish a connection with her daughter and her daughter being like, no, I'm in a really good place right now. And you coming back into my life is the exact opposite of what that will do. And the ram, the show's not going to directly deal with the ramifications of that. That's not how the show operates. But the fact that they address this in that way through a whole idea of like, my daughter's doing a podcast and she's saying terrible things about me on the internet and tens of thousands of people are listening to it. I think is really good and it deals with the ramifications of not everyone wants to forgive you when you're going through recovery or can forgive you. And how you grapple with that, I think, is really important to depict in a show about addiction. And so I really like the episode. Um, Anna Ferris is really, really great in the sequence, particularly with the podcast and the end where they leave the daughter's um, apartment and she just like collapses into Alice and Janney as we would all do because A, Alice and Janney is very tall and it's just very easy to collapse into her. But I think the episode overall is just really, really good. And that moment in particular is just a little, just heartbreaking enough. So I'm going to give it to mom and jealous shots and the truth about Santa. It was a really, really good episode and I encourage you to seek it out. Uh, listeners, even if you're not totally up on mom, uh, what about you? What won your week in TV? Well, week in comedy, I should say, because we've been doing weeks in TV. Yeah, no, it's been, we had enough things we wanted to, to talk about. I mean, listeners, every week we watch like 20 shows, but we just don't always have new things to say. So we've gotten yeah. more disciplined about not just yammering on about the same things every week. So yeah. um, anyways, this week, uh, before I, I give my pick, uh, even though I don't watch Mom, I've only seen a handful of episodes, um, 
it's interesting. I'm invested enough in it that as mm-hmm. you're describing that end of the episode, right? I'm also going like that is so crushing and sad, but also so beautiful mm-hmm. that they're in a place now where Chrissy can go to her mom for comfort. Yeah. Because that's not where this show would have been for quite a few seasons. And so that's yeah. so it's it, that's a really lovely moment that you can get in season six of a show um, mm-hmm. with, when you have performers like Anna Ferris and, and uh, um, Alison okay. Janney. Thank you. I was about to say CJ yeah. Craig, Alison Janney, <laughs> crushing it week, week in and week out. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and just making you know, and really live with and grow with these characters. So that, that's, that's interesting. I'll have to seek that one out um, for me. Uh, I'm going to give, give it to you the good place. Um, I just like can again like it's the, the last few times I've said this, it's worked. So I'm just, the universe screeners, please, please screeners. <laughs> like, cause I'm just yeah, I'm sure it has nothing to do with the fact that they're just putting out more screeners every time they run out of screeners. But yeah, it, it I, it's because of my magical powers in our on our podcast. That's why. So so more more screeners, please and thank you. Um, and if not, then I'll wait until Thursday, like everybody else. And I look forward to whatever we're gonna. <laughs> discover in, in Janet's void in the next episode uh for now let's take it to our week in reality and genre and we're gonna listen to uh the <laughs> the hive mind has decided you're in love from crazy ex-girlfriend imagine a very uh west end oklahoma this is the hugh jackman oklahoma which if y'all haven't seen is very good it's very very good go seek it out um uh, and lots of fabulous costumes and some fun high kicks and uh, and and delightful delightful fun Oklahoma Ines. So we'll listen to that as we head into our week in reality and genre. Oh, you say you're broken up, that it's over. Yeah. Yes, you've both been about as stubborn as can be. You tell them, Maya, but we see from afar just how cute you are, and the thought of it makes everyone all squeeze, 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 squeeze. that you both are soulmates plus you're kind of the only two lgbtq people i know so to me it's clearly fate 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 you need to get out more tim it's confirmed it's confirmed it's official it's official the group mind has decided you're in love court adjourned court adjourned now kiss a little kiss a little the mass mob has declared that you're in love 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 Rebecca, don't you have bigger problems going on right now? Yes, and this is a welcome distraction. This week in reality and genre, I'm going to talk briefly about Leah Remini, Scientology, and the aftermath of the Jehovah Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses. Yes, there are two hyphens there, or two colons there, um, but I, I, you know, I, th- I think it works. More on that in a bit. After that, we'll talk Doctor Who, Demons of the Punjab, and then I'll talk briefly about The Flash, All Dolled Up, and we'll round things out with Black Lightning, The Book of Blood, Chapter 1. Um, okay, so first up is Leah Remini, Scientology, and the aftermath. So season three of Scientology and the aftermath which i didn't even hear got renewed for a season three so whenever that happened i don't know but i'm happy about it that's coming back in a couple weeks um but 
sort of to, I think, to tease the new season and also just based on the response they were getting from different people, um, the the Remedy Scientology and the Aftermath people put together a, a two-hour special about the Jehovah's Witnesses. And um, because the Jehovah's Witnesses is a, I guess I'll go with religion um, or cult, depending on who you ask, that has 8 million members, which is... Like just way, way, way bigger than Scientology, and the people who were the guests here and on this episode are strongly believe that it is a cult and should be shut down, and shared all the reasons why. And it was re- again, it was really affecting. It was really well made. Uh, I continue to really appreciate Scientology in the aftermath, and and particularly how Remini hosts and manages and like centers that uh mike render's there too for this but he has almost nothing that uh to say because of course this isn't his area you know and usually on the show on scientology the aftermath remedy is more the emotional core and he'll get into the more the the nitty-gritty having been higher up in the scientology uh leadership but obviously he can't contribute that (laughs) here yeah so so it's a much more remedy um hosted segment with just a few things from Mike Rinder. Um, but no, it was, again, it was really compelling. It was very well done. I thought it was structured in an interesting and, and effective way. And I just, you know, it was interesting also watching the Twitter responses because you'd see there was a lot more pushback in Twitter um, from people than you usually see for Scientology in the Aftermath because Scientologists aren't supposed to interact with this stuff so right so so scientologists aren't supposed to watch the show or interact with leah remini or any of that stuff so the only pushback you see would be from the official scientology thing and they just don't even do that because it doesn't help them here there was more there were people trying to argue with that like that this is a valid religion and that there this is stuff is not an accurate depiction and then for every <laughs> person who was tweeting that there would be like five underneath that said oh really because that's exactly what happened to me (laughs) and so that was it was just really interesting to see a discussion like this uh well as much as you can have a discussion on twitter um about what makes a religion what makes a cult uh what how accurate these depictions are or, or how like how widespread the abuse is versus well, no, it sounds like you went, had a really bad church and really bad elders, but that's not my experience. Like it was, it was, it was interesting that like extra textual stuff. Um, but mostly I just wanted to remind everybody that the show exists and is back and we'll be back with new episodes a couple weeks from now. Cause I think it's incredibly compelling and I think it's really, um, great that it exists and that people can come forward and share their stories and um so seek it out it was interesting watching this though the number of ads there there are ads for um two or three of their programs that very much feel like they're in the mode of Scientology in the aftermath um including one that's apparently got it's about the Clintons and it's got um uh, Monica Lewinsky is gonna speak on it and and I don't think she ever has before um, so that it was interesting. I mean, I'm going to watch that just for her because Monica Lewinsky is actually a really bright and charismatic and compelling person. Um, so I look forward to actually hearing her talk about her experiences. Um, but it was interesting to see that like, it almost feels like this is a like a new like a brand of Annie of like their, of their reality television. So, uh, yeah, 
I, it was for me because I didn't even know the show was renewed to see like, oh, no, A&E is all in on this and they're on this brand, this method of storytelling and of exposés on, on different religions. There's one about um, yeah, gay conversion therapy. There's one about um, some different messed up uh, like a, like like I think it's evangelical sub denominations that like with violent praying and stuff. Anyway, so they're, they're doing a bunch of different specials. So, um, yeah, I don't think I'm going to check out those ones. But it's interesting that there's apparently now a niche of this kind of reality TV out there that I didn't know about. Um, and if people are actually able to go, you know, and tell their stories of what they've endured. And that's stuff that is being, you know, researched and and um, and and you can't really fact check this stuff. But like they're being validated and, and given the platform i think that's a good thing so yay um you are not a silent intelligent the aftermath person as i understand this it's not not a noble show i haven't watched any of it so oh, okay. uh with it yeah so with it coming back i may like add it to the dvr uh to check it out some but i just never carved out time for it um prior, when you were talking about it earlier this year and particularly last year so how much are how do you like did you see glowing clear how like aware are you of the different scientology things Oh, I'm aware of them. <laughs> yeah. I'm also aware that, you know, last week tonight has just been a shell for Scientology for years, and we're just now noticing. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I'm aware of, like, the degree to which they're just terrible. But I haven't really, like, watched or read anything uh, apart from, like, skimming uh, newscasts or news stories and also just sort of reading occasional stories like Remini's, um in press outlets. Yeah. Well, if you do watch, it'll be interesting to see what you think, because obviously I'm in the bag. So yeah. maybe we'll have more objective ledge. Maybe like, it's fine. And I'll be like, everyone should watch this. It's so compelling. Like, it's <gasps> fine. Which is <laughs> good. We need someone to temper me, uh, which hopefully will come up in this next episode, Doctor Who, Demons of the Punjab. Because again, I loved it. It's another almost a pure historical. Yes, there's like uh, one, like, one one chunk worth of uh one act's worth of aliens but not really it's mostly just a pure straight up historic historical in the in the mode of classic who and of course i loved it what did you think of demons of the punjab i think this is a really good episode um i really appreciated sort of how they handled doing something like this in a different way from um, Rosa in a certain way and since Rosa was very much about a particular sort of figure there's a high degree of specificity there this is about an event and there's a huge degree of specificity about that that you can't just get the whole totality of um, partition um, of India into, and Pakistan into one episode there's basically no way you can do that you can't even do that across you'd have to do a Ken Burns miniseries basically yeah. sort of project to get that um, so what I appreciated about this episode was, is that it sets its story using that as a backdrop, uses radio, which I think is really effective to sort of bring the larger world into this particular type of story. I thought it was a really effective use of that, the mass communications technology of the time to do that. I thought it was really, really smart. And so I think that there's, despite the fact that it's, really limited in its time only like 15 minutes i think that there's a really good economy of scale and place that helps keep everything grounded so using partition as a backdrop 
um, just really gave it both an epic feel, but also just a very personal feel, since it was about this couple trying to get married in the whole tumult of this major historical event. And I think writer uh, Vinay Patel does a really good job of keeping that flowing really, really nicely. And even the alien stuff, I think, is really good because it's not a... It's thankfully not like an alien conflict. It's a misunderstanding, but it's not like a legitimate conflict, which I think is also really important for this episode to work as well as it does, is that the aliens in and of themselves aren't the actual threat here. In fact, they're the exact opposite of that. They're here to honor people after centuries of destruction. And I think that there's something really good about that also coming through in this episode. So overall, I think this is probably my favorite episode that of the new season of the... Or, so far um and so i'm eager to see more and i want to seek out some stuff that uh patel's written in the past because i think he's done some other stuff in the lead up to who that i'd like to find because i really liked this episode a lot yeah and you know that difference in approaching the civil rights movement in america through the Uh very specific moment of Rosa Parks uh, bus boycott, like the pro- the the act of defiance that led to the bus boycott, um, it, versus here, like just trying to being a, like it could be anyone, you know, it doesn't have to be this person in this time in this place with these other three, you know, it's not creating a crystallized moment. It's just the ramifications. It's one like it could might as well be anonymous, um, just symptom of what this larger problem is uh, I thought that was really really compelling and a good like you said a good counterpoint to different ways to, to approach these big historical moments I think they both work and and I think they both work singularly well for telling the, the stories that these episodes wanted to tell uh, I thought that I mean like this have the, what is the line there's nothing worse or there's nothing scarier than like good people led astray or something like that like common people or you know normal people um led by fear i don't remember what the exact line was but it was it was i was like that resonates (laughs) that's a really good line uh clearly i'm not remembering the specifics i'll have to rewatch the episode oh shucky darn um (laughs) but i thought that worked really well the 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 alien misunderstanding as you say uh reminded me a lot of twice upon a time and the the avatars the glass avatars that we had in that episode so it was like this feels really familiar um to to be a different thing um but it doesn't i mean i I like this way better than that one i really didn't like twice upon a time because they completely miswrote the first doctor in my opinion in that story that was the uh capaldi and first doctor crossover story that they had it was the last yeah the last episode for capelli's doctor um and uh so so that was you know a little disappointing um i, I would have liked I, I i guess they couldn't have done the what they did with this race where they uh this alien species where they uh had changed their entire social structure and uh focus uh after losing their planet um they wouldn't have been able to do that and i think that contrast uh was really helpful in the overall narrative thrust and the thematics you know so you know i don't think they could have actually tied in the 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 testimony group and had it work as well so i get why they did it but um even just like a little shout out would have been nice but i guess that's the wrong priorities i should be applauding them for not 
giving unnecessary shout outs just to please fanboys and girls like myself. So never mind. I just talked myself out of my opinion on that. Um, but I, I did really like the, the way um, they structured the episode. I still think they're doing a really great job with the splitting up the, the TARDIS team. I really liked the scene we got with Yaz and with Graham. That was really nice. I, I still don't know who Yaz is, and that's a problem yeah. <laughs> after a yes no, episode. Yeah, that's super, super duper fair. Um, but I, I really like Yaz's grandma. I really like Yaz's mom. I really like Yaz's grandma. I don't really care for the sister, but I feel like she could be awesome in a future episode. And I don't yeah. know her dad yet. Um, but it's not good that I know Yaz's mom and grandma better than I know Yaz. Um, I almost know Ryan, but I definitely know Graham. That, like, that's how I yeah. feel about like the companions right now. I like them all. I think they've been used pretty well. Yaz still feels like a sketch. Ryan feels like a like a pencil drawing and Graham feels like a fully fleshed out and imagined character. So hopefully with only a handful of episodes left in the season, we'll get a little more definition for Yaz by the end. Um, but we'll see about that. Um, any other thought, any thoughts on like, do you like these like basically pure historicals as much as I do? I do. Um, I mean, in part because like the science fiction-y stuff sort of sometimes is really hit or miss for me on who, and so I really, I'm really liking these so far. Um, because I didn't particularly like the hospital ship episode; it was fine. Um, and but we had the pating. Yeah, it was so cute and so angry. It was fine. It was fine. It was it was okay. But it was also weighed down by like silliness of, hey, we're gonna have a male identifying dude be pregnant. It's just like, oh, we're gonna do this. Okay, I've seen this a gazillion times. Um. So yeah, I, yeah. it will surprise no one. I, li- I like that one a lot more than you did. Yeah. Um, but I did would have liked just a shout out to adoption is not the worst thing ever out there, guys. Like, yeah, come on. If he can't raise the baby, he shouldn't just keep the baby because it's he's, you know, biologically related. That's not a good reason to keep a baby. If you can't take care of it, you need- there are lots of wonderful adoptive parents out there. <sighs> OK, off the soapbox. Any, any final th- thoughts on who? I'm mostly, I'm really interested in how much, like, we talked about this a little bit in the first or second episode, about how much this sort of feels, or at least is borrowing a bit from, like, the Davies era type stuff in terms of its, like, character type of emphasis that I was, like, talking about a little bit, and that you were just like, yeah, no, that was very RTD. And just the preview for next week, I just went, this feels like something that Russell T. Davies would have done. (laughs) So just in the aesthetics of it. So I'll be curious to see what you think about next week's episode. Yeah. Now, do you remember, remind me, have you seen the first season of New Who? Do you remember Father's Day? Yeah. Yeah. What Vaguely. did you think of, of this one versus Because I saw a lot of people comparing them. I, to me, they were very different. Yeah, I'd have to go back and, like, refresh myself on Father's Day. Like I said, I vaguely remember it. Um yeah, I'm making a face because I'm not quite sure. Because I only watched that Eccles season yeah. season like once all the way through. Yeah. So Let, that's Rose um travels back in time to, to meet her father before oh, he dies. Yeah. Yeah. And mucks at the I think timeline. this is probably better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that episode. I think that yeah. episode's wonderful. But it is to me, I just the fact that it it's interfering in your own timeline with an older relation, like uh-huh. I can see the connections, but for me, they're they're very different. Um, but yeah, I've, I have space in my who loving heart for both. Um, I also have space in my nerd heart for the flashes all dolled up and the introduction of Ragdoll. And 
granted, Noel, you know the comic Ragdoll. I don't. Yes. Um, apparently, this is not an accurate or an interesting way to depict the the character from the comics. But it was so creepy. It was really, really creepy. Uh, <laughs> they used a contortionist who was apparently on America's Got Talent. Um, That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't care. That was, yeah, the contortions were creepy, but way creepier was the sound effects. Like, the the <laughs> the, the Dolby, like, the, the audio uh, that they used for that was just, like, it was like, like so many crunches. And, like, oh, it was, uh, it was unnerving and upsetting and exactly what it should be. And I also continue to think they're really stepping up this season on, on Flash with everything they've been doing with um, Nora. I think that basically just giving Iris a lot more to do. And that's always a good thing. <laughs> so I think mm-hmm. that's it it's been a it's been a good season so far. Uh, I'm not going to tell you to start watching again because as soon as I do that, it'll tank. It's going to go bad. And it'll yes. be my fault. Yes. Uh, but I, I also really like what we got with Vibe <laughs> and Cisco here, um, and what we continue to get with Sherlock, as terrible as the accent is, and and everyone else. Um, so so the the continued study of of Caitlin and. And uh, what we expect to discover in the next episode, I think, uh, I think that all is working better than I anticipated. And um, that was a fun episode, but mostly, oh, creepy, 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 creepy. Um, okay, let's move on to less creepy, creepy um, and talk about Black Lightning, the Book of Blood, Chapter One. And Noel, do they think we haven't ever seen television or watched a show inspired by a comic book before? Or read a comic or read a serial or, or watched or adventure watched a series? soap opera? Or I mean, like there's some, any adventure there's, movie? Yeah, no. So this episode um, starts off with Gamby getting killed? Air quotes. Air quotes. He's definitely um, in that truck that exploded. He definitely didn't crawl out of that van like two, the two seconds that we cut away before it exploded. Yeah. I'm um. Yeah, so it's it's really rough going that it, it's it's tough to watch this episode deal with the ramifications of Gamby's death when we all know there are not going to be any actual Gamby death happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just, it feels like a really good actor showcase for a number of folks. And I think that the character responses to Gamby's death are all dramatically appropriate and really well acted and really well written. I think they're all really great. It's just very difficult to watch them go through the motions of this and go, but he's going to come back in like (laughs) five episodes or four episodes. And we're just going to have gone through all this morning for something. But generally when these shows do this kind of thing and they get undone, the ramifications of them being undone is never really explored in any way, shape, or form. I'm looking at you, Arrow, and your refusal to allow the Lancisters to die. <laughs> um, so it's frustrating a little bit to watch that, even as, as good as this episode was, and also as good of a line as it delivered of, oh, you mean the only other white guy in Freeland apart from the police? It's just... <laughs> That was very good, and I appreciate that. It wasn't as good as that crazy doctor's line of, like, whatever it was when she got escorted off and was just completely deranged. Um, we saved 14 people. Congratulations, bitch. Or yes, you're welcome, exactly. Or whatever. You're welcome. You're welcome, bitch. It's just, like, that was very good as well. <laughs> but it was generally an okay episode overall, but it was also just, like, this is going to be undone. So it was really... It was a little bit of a slog in that regard as well. So what did you think about it? Apart from the obvious of, yeah, no, we know that this isn't a thing that's going to stick. It was really distracting. 
Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it was really distracting because I was watching the whole time thinking, okay, well, obviously he's not dead because that's not how shows like this kill major characters. Um, so do they know that we know that or not? Because, like, the characters don't know that they're in a show. So, like, they're all acting like the sh- like he's actually dead. Um, and the performances are great. And they, and the, the writing, I think, works really well. And it moves, propels character choices in a way that I think works really well. And clearly that's why they wanted to do this. Um, but I just kept being distracted by, but the show knows that we know, right? Because they're acting like they don't. And that is weird. <laughs> so it kept throwing me as I watched. I liked what we got for for these different scenes. I like the way that they're moving the stuff in the lab forward. I like what I liked. Uh, An- Anissa, uh, I don't know why she's not a teacher anymore, but uh, I liked her going to volunteer at the clinic. That was neat. Uh, the the new thing with the mercury or whatever that is that's new, right? Yeah, that's that's a little new. Yeah. Okay, that yeah. looks interesting, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next episode, and what, whatever that is. Um, and I am not, I just, I don't care about Tobias Whale. The, the scene of him just, like, monologuing and eating the caviar, I was like, that is not what the two things that every rich person remembers, but this really is underlining character beats for you. This does feel like exactly this kind of self-important grandiose thing that you think is so clever that you would say. Yeah. So I was really enjoying that. Uh, and I, I like this uh, potentially, I'm guessing this new threat is not him related. I'm hoping it's not. I think that'll be good for the show. Um, just change it up a little bit so we don't get too tired of Tobias um, right now. But um, yeah, I, I, that was the only thing that just kept pulling me out of the action was like, do they know that we know? I hope they do. I was expecting the episode to end with, him back you know or yeah. like or something and then or, they didn't and it was weird yeah yeah i kept waiting for them to do that too and it didn't happen and i just went oh okay yeah. <laughs> anyways uh do you have any uh other thoughts on black lightning or thing are you looking forward to whatever's coming next with this uh the the baby the people out in the woods they have to go save I am excited about the people out in the woods that they have to go save because it feels like it's going to be distinctly different for the show. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see the show do something real weird in mm-hmm. terms of like, oh, no, there's some some other stuff happening outside of the main Freeland. We're we're going to go to South Freeland where things are really weird. And I'm just like, <laughs> yes, let's do it. Very nice. Well, what was your week in reality and genre? Um, I think I'll give it to Doctor Who and the Demons of Punjab this week. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I'll shout out to Outlander, which I actually really, uh, really did like. I thought they did a good job with that episode. Um, some really nice stuff. But I'm, but I'm gonna give it to Doctor Who as well. Um, I just, ah, I'm so excited to be excited about Doctor Who again. It's very nice. Um, now we'll take a break and listen to a trailer and come back with our deep dive on season nine or the collection six or whatever you want to call it. The new stuff of Great British Baking Show or Great British Bake Off over on Netflix. We'll be right back after this. It's a really peaceful, lovely place. I just wish I felt peaceful inside. It is very nerve-wracking. Not as stressful as writing my thesis, but quite there. It's just completely surreal to be here. It's the tent, like the actual tent. 
more people have been in space than been in that tent. It's the ultimate. This is like being a professional footballer and playing at Wembley in FA Cup final. It's crazy though, this is something that you've seen on TV and thinking, actually, this is it's quite real. 12 new bakers. I believe that I'm going to be good under pressure. Ha! Very close to a hashtag. Very close. <laughs> 30 brand new challenges set by judges Paul Hollywood and Prue Leith. I'm really excited to be back. I know what to expect now. I will be a bit tougher this year. I would like to see more imagination, more colour, and above all, more delicious things to eat. Prue and I have set some pretty awesome challenges. Some they would have heard of before, some they definitely have not. I cannot wait to get started. I'm quite creative. I love the unusual. The competitive part of me wants to see how good I actually am. Could be out in week one, who knows? <laughs> oh, I love being a stay-at-home parent, but sometimes you don't get to feel successful. If I could get Starbaker once, I could leave here very, very happy. Je suis très excitée. J'ai vraiment hâte de commencer et puis voilà, on verra. Happy. <laughs> We're back with the Televerse. This is Kate Calls and Trends is ever by Noel Kirkpatrick. And it is time for us to put on our aprons and head into the tent for another discussion of Great British Baking Show or Great British Bake Off in this case. Um, so we have season nine. There's a new set of bakers. We're going to not tell you who wins. Uh, unlike so many write-ups that I was very angry at. There was a particular baker that I wanted to do like a little background on um, and, and find out some other stuff about after they were eliminated. And I, there were plenty of articles about that person and every single one of them ended with, it like included the name of the winner. It's like, why would you do that? This it's is, pretty mean. Yeah. It's not cool. <laughs> This is very not cool. And the person who was eliminated, like, like this was the second, like, this was the last person eliminated. So I was doing research on this person, and I, had, I was like, you know what? I need to wait until they get kicked off the show, and then if they don't make it to the final, then I can look up stuff about them. Or if they do, I'll have to watch the whole thing, and then I can look up. So I'm watching the final, and I'm searching up things about the person who came in, like, second like second to last or whatever just just outside of the final and it's like and the that person she she or he may not have won that person may not have won uh the winner was this person I'm like oh, why anyways so we're not going to do that we're going to keep using confusing and non-existent pronouns uh for a little bit let's just talk about the season as a whole um we i know we both have strong feelings about the finale technical which we will get to uh, and maybe we'll do that in the spoiler section. But first off, overall, how did you feel about Series 9 of The Great British Bake Off? What did you think of, like, how were the contestants? How was the pool? And what did you think of the challenges? I thought the contestants were all kind of weird this year. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the casting was very sort of weird. I was just like, ugh. Of course he's a DJ. Of course he is. <laughs> of course. That was hilarious. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty great. I, I really liked the bakers. I thought they had no, a good mix. That's the thing. It's like, it's like the first couple episodes, I'm just like, these are a bunch of weirdos we casted this year, Channel 4. Mm-hmm. And then like as a progressive, I just went, this is a group of bakers that legitimately feels like they do indeed hang out after they finish shooting. Mm-hmm. And not just in that whole oh no we went to God sh- we went to go do the thing where we show them hanging out after the season's concluded. It's like 
No, I'm pretty sure they were hanging out during the week. <laughs> and they all seemed to like really legitimately like like one another. And I was just like really into it in a way that I feel like hasn't really been a part of the show in a way. Like these are all people who I think really engage one another and engaged one another while they were baking in a way that really came through even in the editing process. It was really difficult not to. Down to Ruby being like, why is Raul stealing all of my flavors all of the time? <laughs> um, so all of that, I think, just generally worked really well. I really liked the bakers by the end, by like the second or third episode. I was really, really invested in them. Um, we can talk about the challenges, but generally, I'm I feel like they're hitting a wall in that where we're doing things. It was just like, how many celebration cakes are we going to do? Show how many? How many? We're well, going to do all the celebration cakes. But a celebration cake is just a cake. It's just a yeah. different way to say they're cake. just making them make a lot of cakes this year. And I just went, can we do something else? Um, so I think that generally, overall, the challenges were overall okay. Um, nothing really, like, stood out to me, um, really, which was a little frustrating. Um, and maybe you'll remind me about something I'm not thinking about, because um, I did watch a lot of this all at once. <laughs> uh, I, I liked having Spice Week. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. But I think they could have given us way more information about what that actually means. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I also really like Danish Week. That Danish See, show supper was cool. I I fell asleep during Danish week, so oh. I was not the right person for that. Whereas I really like vegan week, except for the fact that they kept talking about how bad vegan baking could be. And I just <laughs> went, have you not had good vegan baking? Because yeah, vegan, cake, vegan cake is delicious. You don't need eggs and butter to make a delicious cake. And so I'm not entirely sure where all this, like, all, especially from Paul about this whole, I'm expecting this to taste just like a regular cake. And I just went, well, then congratulations. Vegan cakes taste just like regular cake. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like the difference of find a vegan cake recipe. Don't try to do a regular recipe and then be like, I'll just use this instead of that. It's not, it's Yeah, that's not how that works. Yeah, it's it's chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, hmm. in general, I like the challenges over the course of the season. I don't think they were, they weren't quite as inventive as the previous season, I thought. But no. I think it was much better than the last couple seasons before that. Um, I, I'm always thrown when they do a pastry week and then they do a patissier week. I thought yeah. the, the patissier week was pretty weak sauce. Um, yeah, And Agreed. I don't know if it just needed more time. I continue to be very frustrated by the way they make them do chocolate in a tent that is way oh, too hot. Oh, it's not okay. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. It's not interesting. It's like you're no. setting them up for failure. And look, they failed. Oh, yeah. uh, this person failed slightly less. Congratulations, you win. That's stupid. Yeah. And they need to come up with... If, they're, if they insist on doing that, then they need to come up with some other way that they can cool down the tent somewhat. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Like uh, maybe they drape the tent. It, because the trouble is they need to have enough light that they can film it. And lights are hot. Yeah. Um, so that's going to raise the temperature. So maybe they need to drape the tent with an extra thick external tent and then bring in air conditioners or something. Yep. But they need to do something because otherwise it's just stupid. It just, it's irritating and stupid. And uh, you I, can't do it, especially this summer when they had a massive fucking heat wave. Yeah. Like, it's not okay. It doesn't work. Congratulations. Um, yeah. I, it, there was nothing quite so egregious as last 
season uh-huh. when uh-huh. somebody made a tempered chocolate thing that just melted sitting there in the middle yeah. of the te- like anyways um i like that biscuit week was first of course knowing me and my my Christmas cookies and everything that I'm heading headed in towards. I appreciated right. that. I liked uh, some of the stuff that they did with the bread. I liked, um, yeah. I, I really, I also really did. Like you said, I, I was invested in these bakers. It usually takes me to like the last few episodes to start getting like choked up. But man, the one baker who left and then talked about their significant other having passed away. Ooh, uh-huh. ooh, yeah. And, and it was like out of nowhere because you know, yeah. understandably, that person hadn't shared that part of what they were dealing with because that they're, you know, trying not to think about it. Um, I was like, okay, woo, take it a yeah. moment here. I was the same way. I did. I did not expect that. And it was just like, Oh, this is hitting me a lot harder. And like my person, and I were both watching this together and it, we were both just like, oh, it got really dusty in here. And we're going to just need to pause the episode. Yeah. And we're just going to yeah. take a moment. Uh, yeah. I liked most of the technicals. And I thought there were some really inventive ideas. I thought they did a much better job this season with the showstoppers, like the like the cookie selfie thing. That should have been stupid, but I but it was it was a much more interesting way to do a show, like something that should be visually appealing. And like Terry doing that brandy snap thing, right, and just mm-hmm. really going painterly with it, I thought was gorgeous. And yeah. there was a lot more. There's a lot more. I thought creativity in what a showstopper could be in a lot more attention to making sure, no, it has to look gorgeous. Yeah, but we say that, but it also really heavily reinforced something that you and I had talked about with the previous season of they're putting so much weight in the showstoppers now that it basically doesn't matter what yeah. they did in the previous two. And it's getting really frustrating and it's very apparent, especially in this season. Yeah, especially towards the are- end of the season. Yeah, where people are basically just like, oh, no, that showstopper saved them, even though they bombed the technical and kind of didn't do well on the signature. But that showstopper was amazing, so they get to go through. And it's just like, no, that's not how this works. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you. Especially when, because they want it to, they want to build suspense. And, oh, it all comes down to this. And Except, and this gets into spoiler territory, there also just wasn't a lot of suspense this year. So <laughs> Interesting. For me, I felt like... In the top, like, four or five, even, like, the top half of the bakers, I thought that it really could have gone a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really on board with pretty much all the eliminations. Um, what? I mean, I called two of the finalists by, like, episode four. So. Yeah, but I also could have seen it, like, because there's one person who, who you expect early on is going to be a finalist, who then has just has a really off week yeah, and gets eliminated. And they even say, like, this person would be at home in the final, but they just had, uh-huh. like... So So I think that there are several different ways it could have shaken out yeah. where I would have bought it. I, I would have been on board, and I think that that is not always the case. Um, and I also thought they did a pretty good job of sharing around the Star Baker so we didn't have a situation like we did in the season that I covered for the AV Club where mm-hmm, one person mm-hmm. clearly, they were just like, this person's going to win. So yeah. we won't give them Star Baker too much because it'll be boring. You know, and then so then they kept getting robbed. It was, they, they I thought they did a good job of of not choosing favorites as much with who got Star Baker. Yeah. No, and I think that's fair. It's like, it does get doled out um, pretty well, I think. Mm-hmm. But it's also one of those things where it's... It Also, I kept going like, but this is so dependent on the showstopper that it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. 
Yep. Um, I will say there's one showstopper that I the 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 cookie chandelier thing. Mm-hmm. I like this was so stupid. But the it person was. who who did the best on that challenge, like that was gorgeous. That was freaking mm-hmm. gorgeous. I was like, it's like this is an absolutely absurd, stupid thing. And then I see that person's bacon. I'm like. Oh, okay, never mind. That's actually really cool. That's what everybody <laughs> should have done. They, they, they freaking nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. They did. They absolutely did. So, yeah. but it was also one of those things where, like, the chandelier. I just went. I feel like someone's done a cookie chandelier on this show already. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, but why are we doing this again? Type Interesting. of thing. I don't remember um, that, but it could have easily. I happened. don't. Yeah. Um. One thing I do want to ask you is, how are you feeling about Noel and Sue? Because. I love them this season in particular. I think that they're just really, they're really, they're much looser this season, I think, than they were last season. But I also think that they're just doing some really weird, surreal stuff. Like, Noel getting chased by a a scarecrow werewolf in the background? Mm -hmm. I don't know what was happening there, but I loved it. They've embraced their very different energy. Uh, Yeah. Noel and Prue as compared to to Mel and Sue and yeah. that was smart um, yeah. I did there was actually a moment I really didn't like where Noel which, and Sandy I should say yeah oh Noel Jeez. and Sandy I'm sorry Prue's yeah. the judge Noel and Sandy yeah um, yeah no thinking of um, there's one moment that I really didn't like where uh, Prue is sick and yeah. and then and Noel says do you want us to help you pick who was like yeah. no 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 you are not team judge you are team yeah. baker that's a fundamental lack of understanding of how these dynamics are supposed to work, Noel. Um, But uh, other than that, yeah, I think they've been much better. I do do not care for the opening setup, like, like extensive costume things. Like they're just so labored and pained, but it is very them. It's, I should say it's not very them. It's very Noel. And Sandy's along for the ride. Um, Yes. So so that works better when they were trying, than when they were trying to do the Mel and Sue thing. And I think, like, just doing their own, like, goofy, weird stuff for the time calls is a much better call. I also got a much stronger sense of their connection to the Bakers this season. And I think it's, like you said, because they were more relaxed, they felt more in the zone um, and, and weren't as worried about, you know, stepping into such a high profile gig. Yeah, and I think that's true. And I th- I think there's just... Yeah, they were just a lot looser. And I think that there's also just a really good rhythm now established between them. And like you said, like they have very different ways of sort of engaging the bakers as well, which I really appreciate that there's like a pretty clear juxtaposition between how Noel engages and how Sandy engages. Mm-hmm. And I really like that difference. Yeah. And uh, for Prue, I will say, she only mentioned calories once or twice all season. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I was counting for both of us. <laughs> Which is good. But, you know, I saw, it was interesting. I saw an article, a write-up, someone talking about the Paul Hollywood handshake and how they hate it. And it's just this symbol of toxic masculinity. And um, and how th- it was that initially when they started watching the show, they're like, okay, whatever. and Or, or maybe they, they liked it. But then over the course, it feels more and more like a power move. And yes. something that he's very specifically, he uses more with men than with women to show I I grudgingly give you my acceptance kind of a thing. Um, And the fact that first Mary and now Prue have nothing equivalent uh, as well is is interesting. And And even Prue being like, if he doesn't give you a handshake, and it's just like, Prue, you can give you can a give, handshake. You can give a handshake, too. Um, yeah, it's interesting, because I had never thought about it in that way. And then I was like, mm-hmm. oh, but you're right. That, yeah. You're right. And like, the, especially but, when he summons people over, you know? Yeah. 
And he is also doling them out like candy this season, it oh, also yeah. feels like. And it's just getting a bit much. You could but tell I, he was like, am I going to handshake? I'm going to handshake. And then he had the next one and it was better. He was like, son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is this is why you don't dole them out that much, Paul. Or mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Just stop. <laughs> yeah. You could stop. You could stop. Um, let's talk about that finale technical before we dive into the specifics. Um, okay. So listeners in the finale for the technical, they have to go outside and use a a campfire. Use like a a fire to cook something. And I was like, okay, they're going outside of the tent. That's interesting. They're doing something different. Okay. I could get on board with that. But then when I saw what they actually had to do and they had to manage the own, they don't have to manage their ovens. They don't have to like plug it in and make sure they just push a button and it works. So I thought that was a bun. Like if they had had other people tending the fires and they just had to know how to use the tools to like the actual baking part of it, then I would be on would have been on board. But when they expect the bakers to like maintain the fire, know how to use the coals, all these different, I thought that was bullshit. It's some Top Chef bullshit. Literally, they've done that on Top Chef. (laughs) Yeah, they have. And they do it all the time on Top Chef. It's just like, here's a burner, have fun. Here's a fire, have fun. And it's just like, this is not what this show is at all. It's not, oh, yeah, no, sorry. We we expect you to make chocolate in this heat. And we kind of all accept that. Mm -hmm. But we don't like it. But we accept it. But this is not okay. This is not, this is... This is a reality competition show cooking thing trope invading on this show that does not need to be here at all. It's I was I was angry, Kate. I was very very angry, and I was just like this this is not acceptable. This is not okay, and it's really legitimately bad in the sense of like, all right, well, we hope you guys practice doing this. Yeah. Yeah, there's like nothing, nothing, none of their previous, the whole point of the technical is you're drawing on their previous experience and, and testing their instincts and yeah. nothing could have prepared them for that. No. And that that's ridiculous. And, and this, you know what, this bullshit would not have flown when they were on BBC. Mary Berry no. would not have let that happen. Mel and Sue would not have let that happen. Yeah, yeah ridiculous. This is, <laughs> this is Channel 4 and Paul yes. Hollywood written yes. all over it. Yeah, it's very it's very overproduced and it's very reality show produced in a way that this again, this is not how the show operates. And yeah. it was one of those things where over the course of this season, I was just like, wow, yeah, a lot of our concerns about them transitioning to season 4 have just been really kind of unfounded it feels like mm-hmm. to a large degree. And then they break out this and it's just like, oh, you motherfuckers. They were just waiting. They were <laughs> They were just waiting. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, we'll see if, hopefully they learned their lesson, especially when nothing interesting happened. They all pretty much, spoiler alert, they all pretty much have very similar levels of success. And yeah. uh, it ends up all going down to the showstopper, which is what they want anyways. Yeah. Um, hopefully they don't do this again. Hopefully they learn, but I guess we'll see. Um, yeah. yeah, it's annoying. Uh, uh, should people check this out? Yes, absolutely. It's still really good. It's still really delightful. And also, it's just going to make you really hungry for cakes and donuts and mm-hmm. breads mm-hmm. and cakes again. Because, again, they make like five cakes. Yeah, there's not <laughs> enough delicious pies. 
Yeah. Well, wait, which kind of pie, Kate? So yeah. do you want an American pie or? <laughs> yeah, well, and what they call an American pie, they just mean, they just mean a dessert pie. That's what they yeah. mean by American pie. But anyways, um, okay, now we're going to go briefly into spoilers. So if you don't want to be spoiled for who wins or is in a particular like placing placing for this season of the Great British Baking Show or the Great British Bake Off available on Netflix. Go ahead and pause your thing and I'm filling some time so you have time to get to the pause button or the space bar or however you use your podcasting device and okay, what did you think of our finalists, what did you think of the winner? Uh, how adorable was that little kiss on the forehead from Sandy to make everything better? And I was like, oh, I know exactly what you're feeling right now, dude. And also, uh, I've, I've been on both sides of that, and that is adorable. Yeah. So, like I like I teased, this just felt like a really long march for a rule to win. Mm-hmm. Um, even when he started struggling, um, particularly in, like, Danish week. Yeah. Um, so he like struggles in Danish week and then he struggles in patisserie, but then again, everyone struggled in patisserie with the <sighs> glaring exception of Ruby. We needed Manon <laughs> to be there. She would have crushed yeah. it. Right. Exactly. But then Danish week just thwarted her. Um, <laughs> yep. so it just, it just very much felt like this is a long sort of march for Raul to win because he was just so consistent. And the other thing was, is that, like I said, Kim Jo, it was also really consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I had called both of them to be in the final by yeah. like episode four and then i was just like well then it's going to be either Menon or um dan who's yeah. going to be the other two and then dan gets knocked out in pastry week mm-hmm. and then Menon gets knocked out in danish week and i just went oh okay well Brianna, then? Brianna, yeah. I, I <laughs> Brianna, also, thank you. I, I was so happy when she started crushing it yeah, I was like, I, was I really want to like her. I really want her to earn her yeah. spot here. I don't necessarily feel like she... And then she, like, won the next week. And I was like, oh, okay, good. And, yeah. by the way, big ups to, uh, to Bryony, disability representation. Like, yes. around episode five, you realize that she she only has... Was it one or two fingers on, on one two. of her hands? It's two fingers, yeah. And, and she's like... And, and because there's been so much going on, she didn't want to make a big deal of her physical uh, disability and she so she asked the the producers and the showrunner uh the 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 camera people and also in interviews and stuff to not focus on that that's what she wanted her like about things to be about um and because there's so much going on they hadn't really shown much of her working until they got down to a lot fewer uh bakers and then you see her uh, i remember i saw her sitting with her hand on her her head on her hand and going like Oh wait, how she how she sit? And then like the next to see her work, they're like, "Oh, that is so cool!" There's like there's a person with with a physical disability, and just like yeah, and she's a badass baker, and it was great. Yeah, maybe so. Happy. No, it's it's really really good. I'm surprised it took you that long to notice. Like I kind of picked I like my person and I both like noticed it really really quickly. Uh-huh. Um, I think it was just one of those things where we caught it like a glimpse of mm-hmm. through the editing and everything, and just yeah. went, wait cool yeah type of thing was like our immediate response is like this is really neat and we were very excited and we were really glad that she stuck around um my person was deeply deeply invested in her um going as far as she did um so yeah 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 very good like i said i was so invested in all these all these bakers i really liked pretty much all of them yeah i I was very invested in all of them so at the end when they're all hanging i was like yeah that feels right (laughs) 
Yeah, no, it felt so right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I just, it just, it's just, it was a good season overall. I just, it was just, like I said, it was just like Raul's gonna win, and we all know this, so we're just gonna wait for him to screw up so he doesn't win. Was basically where I was leaning towards, but it's just like they like his bakes and they like his flavors just too consistently for him not to just keep marching through. And Kim Joy just. I think performed like middle of the pack really consistently, but was also clearly doing a very good job, especially with aesthetics. And that'll always carry you through this show to a large degree, so long as your flavors are just okay. Yeah. If it's tidy. Yeah. Yeah. And you, what was nice this season is I felt like the people who were really, who had pristine aesthetics. Yeah. Also had good flavors. That's not yes. always the case. That is not always the case. So I was really glad when that was coming through as well here. Um, whereas, like, sometimes Ruby was just like, sometimes my stuff doesn't look good, but it tastes really good. So Yeah, well, it was one of the showstoppers, or one, one of the signatures where they're like, that looks terrible. But yes. who cares? That is fucking delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, it was like, it was... Wasn't that was like it... one of the... Um, uh, Milfoy? Yeah, I think it was like... Um, yeah, it was like the cannoli that I think Raul made. Or yeah, oh made. no, no, it happened like twice. And yes, one yeah. was the cannoli. Yeah, one was yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where they're like, it doesn't even matter. I just want to shove it in my face right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I need some alone time <laughs> with this pig. Everyone leave so you don't judge me. <laughs> um, can we talk about just how kind of like weirdly like let down the landscapes were in the finale? Yeah, because they, they were just great. all. They were all just kind of bad. Like, I liked Raul's sort of abstract-ish sort of yeah. take on a rock garden. But the other two were just like, Kim Joy, what were you thinking that that was enough for a final? <laughs> yeah, well, I think they just needed more time. Yeah. Whenever that happens and it's like all of them don't look great. Like, I, I thought yeah. the rules looked the best. But whenever yeah. that happens where really nobody... I mean, and Ruby and, and Kim Joy, like... They usually are were more like yeah. clean and precise with their stuff, so usually they did better with that. So that to me spoke to a flaw in the structure of yeah. the challenge um, for the level that, as viewers, we expect. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's super fair. Um, yeah. Um, anything else in particular stand out for you on this? Um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Other than. I think they did a pretty good balance of savory and sweet this season, which is not always the yeah, case. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's super true, yeah. So I appreciate that as well. Um, and I'm much more on board with everyone but Paul Hollywood. <laughs> no, I still don't really like Paul Hollywood. <laughs> um, but I don't really hold their involvement against Nolan, Sandy, and Prue in a way that I did heading into the previous season and even mm-hmm. like lingering after the end of the previous, after the end of season eight. So I kind of want those three to just like hang out with Mel and Sue and Mary and do their own new show. <laughs> Can we just get rid of Paul? Again. Like, just like, I, like I, would, I would, I would be okay with that. Anyways, um, that's where I'm at. I enjoyed the season, um, despite some of the, these little, you know, issues here and there. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to more at a certain, you know, whenever the next season drops on Netflix. Now that we're sort of airing in a, like, regular time zone, since Netflix is the official home of Bake Off now, mm-hmm. we'll get it a couple of weeks after it's done airing in Britain. <laughs> yeah, which is uh, one way to do it, I suppose. That's to yeah. avoid Googling anything ever. 
Anyways. Yeah. Okay. Um, a few show notes here at the end of the episode. Uh, I think we both say watch Bake Off. We, we really yeah. enjoyed it. Um, you can find a post for this episode over at theteleverse.org where you can let us know what you thought of the week's TV and uh, and, and uh, what we should be watching and all of that good stuff. You can email us, theteleverse at gmail.com. You can like our page on Facebook and start up a conversation there. Or you can find us over on iTunes with an M4A chaptered feed and MP3 unchaptered feed and we're also up in Stitcher. We'd appreciate ratings and reviews either place. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you're watching. Let us know what we should be watching. And Randy, what we should be thinking about too. Um, and then you can also, of course, find us on Twitter. I'm at the Televerse and Noel, you are? At Noel RK. Thank you, Kate, for a great week. Well, thank you. And where can our listeners, let's plug, plug, where can they find your tiny letter? Oh, right. So my tiny letter, um, my newsletter, which is now third week, um, is at tinyletter.com forward slash spaghetti on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wasn't going to plug it this week, but Kate made me. So there you go. That's right. Because you all should subscribe. Um, Thank you, Noel. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week with a turkey coma and another episode of uh, The Televerse. 